0: Podcast has bad words. All right, we're here with Bobby Burke from BobbyBurke.com, from Queer Eye, from a bunch of other places. We got a lot to talk about today. We start off this with a little bit of a a segment, Bobby, called More About Less, where we read something that's sort of a jump-off point. So I pulled something from your website uh, about feng shui because you actually, on your website, you have something for the first time that helped me. I'm allergic to sort of woo-woo and as soon as I hear the term energy I just look for the nearest exit yeah um, I don't know a better word for energy I was actually
1: I was reading this with my wife Mariah and I was like I feel the same way like but but just want to say your article helped me appreciate feng shui it was the first time I read an article about feng shui and I was like I actually totally get how feng shui can be appropriate but the term energy is there a better term for what would you use, Josh? Besides energy, uh,
0: numinous maybe. <laughs> I'd say
2: feeling, but Josh has no
1: feelings. I
0: can. <laughs> I kind of agree.
2: My my husband goes to this healer, mm. um, like Reiki kind of thing, and he's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's like his chi is healing, and like I went once, and I'm just like laying there. I'm like, what the right. Like, <laughs> There's nothing to happen. Uh, She's like, oh, I feel this, and I was like, I don't. um, And but he like, and the funny thing is, like, he's not he's not one of those people. But for some reason, that he just totally believes and feels. And Mm. uh, I'm all about the energy in your home,
0: but the energy that you create. Okay. Yeah. 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 My my wife's the same way. We went to Sedona last year, and uh, she. It had like we had this all inclusive thing, and one of them like you got to pick what sort of you, know, you got a I got a massage, and she got Reiki, and she came out of there, like she's not woo woo at all. She came out of there just crying, and, and I'm like, I, I, but one of our close friends, uh, a medical doctor, uh, Dr. Ryan Green, who's been on this podcast before. He does Reiki, you uh, know. He does. He goes to Reiki. He doesn't oh. perform it on yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's like a machine thing. That's no, not what no she Reiki. She it's is, it's like energy healing.
2: Oh yeah, she just like moves her hands around you. Th- doesn't mm. even
0: touch no. or barely touches. Some, yeah, yeah. It's not a a massage. Bit, yeah, you know.
2: it's not which it's what I thought it was because right. he's always like, oh yeah, but she's and I was like, that's this is not. A massage.
1: This is not a mas- <laughs> <laughs> It's an energy. It's an energy massage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've always been interested in it, but I'm the same way where when I hear. When I hear the word Reiki now, I associate it with you know moving energy around, and I'm really scared of it. But I'm willing to try stuff out. But I'll tell you, right. what, what you helped me see with this Feng Shui article was how you do you are in charge of the energy you create in your home. And you have some very awesome tips on how to create good energy. And when I think of energy, again, I was talking to Mariah about this this morning, I think of how room makes me feel. And, uh, you know, what is my initial thought? And I was thinking about you, Josh, because I'm like, even th- to say how a room makes you feel would not be in Josh's vernacular. But I was thinking about how your, uh, your OCD-ness. So I know that you walk into the room and like, you know, like, let's say I had these things over here. During oh. the show, like it would freak Josh out. Oh, for sure. But that, but that is affecting <laughs> you, But that's affecting your energy. Like yeah. that's making you feel yeah. Uh, disturbed. Yeah, it's and that you is, anxious energy. Yeah, so it's it, right. so maybe that's how you can look at like the OCD that you have. It is a feeling. Yeah. It's not an emotion, but okay, it, it, it is, is a feeling. Like a crystal
0: energy. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. why I don't, I don't believe There's
1: energy it. everywhere.
2: You know? Sure. It's just not as kooky as you have to as some people make it
0: yeah. <laughs> right and and you you took the kookiness out of it like i don't b- believe in astrology because uh, i'm a, a cancer and 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 they say like the three things that describe a cancer is is joyous playful and empathetic now you couldn't find three <laughs> worse words to describe me <laughs> <laughs> Oh man Yeah Uh, Some antonym is my Like, Hey pick three words That don't describe Josh You'd be like Ah joyous Playful (laughs) Empathetic (laughs) These are things I try to embody Because I know I'm really bad at them But like They don't Like I'm not naturally Playful Uh, Ryan and I Have really silly times Like we've known each other Since we were fat Little fifth graders Right His dad used to drag me Into his van And and read the watchtower (laughs) To me <laughs> it was much worse than it sounds. <laughs>
3: I don't I don't know what <laughs> I mean talk about well, energy. We're, <laughs> so we're <are> we <laughs>
1: So real quick, we were talking about before we started recording this Maximal episode about how I got paddled when I was four years old because I celebrated a birthday with a neighbor kid and my dad found out. So, I mean, he was very strict with who he could hang out with. So anyone who wasn't a Jehovah's Witness, they were called worldly. Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, Anybody that wasn't a Pentecostal Assemblies of God was in a cult. Catholics, Baptists, Jehovah's Witness were like a big cult. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: no (laughs) doubt. So Josh was worldly, but in order to give him... You know the non-worldly status he had to have a Bible study, so then that way I could be like, oh no, I'm hanging. I'm encouraging him. You know, he's he's studying the Bible, so I I can hang out with him. So like Josh wouldn't, Josh
0: wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> so josh would endure a uh, bible study once a week it wasn't just me it was my brother so yeah my, my, jerome my,
0: too. my brother jerome he's black and he when we were 14 i looked like a 14 year old he looked like 30 year old denzel washington <laughs> yeah. and so like the strangest thing ryan's dad who surprise looks a lot like ryan but with shorter hair now yeah, like yeah. so imagine if ryan had like two 14 year olds in his van <laughs> right? it would look rather suspicious <laughs> yeah. yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) anyway we've got this article about feng shui (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this leads us into feng shui (laughs) so so, uh the title of it we'll put a link to this in the show notes as well bobby breaks it down what is feng shui and how can you incorporate it into your space i'm just gonna read a little bit and then uh bobby feel free to interject here there are countless ways to improve your home from a few new pillows to a full-on makeover we've seen and done them all but Have you ever thought about how you can improve the energy and harmony of your home? Look no further than feng shui. You may have heard the term before, but... Or, or have some idea of what it entails, but what exactly is feng shui? It is a centuries old practice originated in China that is all about how energy flows through the space and how to be in harmony with the principles of the natural world. Feng shui means wind. Feng means wind and shui means water in Chinese, the two natural elements that circulate everywhere on earth. The orientation of a space, whether it's a location of a building, a floor plan or furniture placement determines how energy called chi moves through it with some arrangements being more favorable and others blocking the natural energy movement. And you go on to say, uh, now with that history lesson out of the way, you're ready to put it into practice. And here are five ways to make feng shui work for you. I'm going to talk about a few of these here. Uh, The first one is engage with your entryways. In order to attract energy into your home, it's important to have a welcoming front door. It's also believed to be It's also believed to be where new opportunities will enter. So making your door look good can also benefit you personally. Here are a few easy ways to upgrade your entry and welcome in good energy. Uh, Number one, if your door squeaks, it gets stuck, or doesn't open, fix it. Energy doesn't want to deal with that annoyance.
1: So it's funny. When I hear uh, energy in the entryway, what I think of is when you walk into someone's house... Like that is the first thing you see and it's going to initiate. The tone. Yeah, it's going to set the tone for the rest of your house. So, you know, I don't really think about like ghosts floating right. around.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Again, when we refer to energy, it's, it's the energy that you're feeling. Like when you yeah. walk into someone's entryway and it's cluttered, your energy, especially for people like us, is instantly like, yeah. uh, you know, you feel constricted, you, you feel Feel like you want to leave. Right. Um, so making your entryway have good energy and like the squeaky door, like when you walk in and you hear that squeak, that's something that annoys you. Yeah. So instantly that changes your energy, yeah. your feeling. It, even and you it's also something that you continue to tell yourself to fix and then you don't. And then you feel like a failure over and over because you haven't fixed it. Mm. You know, so there's so many th- meanings of energy, energy, especially, and like chi, again, like I'm not a huge believer in all that, but it's a great way to kind of label it yeah. for people to grasp it, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. And, and, and by the way, I'm not mocking it either. I, I'm simple and in fact, as Ryan said earlier, I'm, I'm open to all of these things because I believe, I believe there are a lot of unexplainable or supernatural phenomena that, that uh, exist. What they are specifically, I don't know because we're not able to quantify them. So we, we use language to try to approximate it. Yeah. And so we talk about energy or we talk about chi. The next one here is place plants with rounded leaves in your entryway plants with pointy leaves are thought to feel uninviting and less welcoming to good energy. Mm. And so, uh for example, my balcony has uh, like cactus and things with pointy leaves, but in the intro we don't have something that has has point I had never thought of that as like being good feng shui, but apparently it is.
2: You know, and also I think like old school feng shui is also just like common sense. You know, yeah. again, it's like Christianity they set these rules to you know that this is how you be a good person but a lot of it was just like oh this is how you be a a good person. Yeah, right. You know, it's not necessarily a religion. Yeah, it's just this is how you be a good person. God and, or no God. Yeah, this is and, how you are con- yeah, be considered exactly. respectful. Exactly. And like, <laughs> you know, I've never thought I'd use Christianity as a good example, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with like feng shui, it's like this is common sense of how you make a space. Like, if you have a bunch of pointy plants in your entryway, when you're coming in, you're poking yourself. When you're bending yeah. down to take your shoes off, you're stabbing yourself in the head. Mm-hmm. You know, friends that are coming over that aren't used to where they are, like poking themselves in the elbow, and that's instantly just bad energy. So it's it's kind of also just common sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. you know with nice wrapped in a nice energy blanket it's so funny there's this <laughs> there's this
1: plant right outside of the elevator on our floor in fact there's a there's a same plant on every single floor yeah jordan experienced this yesterday you walk off the elevator and it's got these like not only are they pointy leaves but they're like little spiky leaves so it, it's because it's so close to the elevator and I have you can literally see like where the original marker was where it was I've dragged it back as far as I could but regardless like people still come off it got Jordan yesterday where it just kind of pokes you there's just blood all down yeah, the hallway. exactly.
3: yeah
1: exactly
2: yeah man. so yeah it, it's for energy but it's also kind of just common sense yeah. right
1: you
0: know so uh, don't place a mirror on the op- on the wall directly opposite your front door. This will cause energy to bounce off it and go right back outside. A mirror opposite the entryway will in- instead direct energy into your home. So uh, I think what you're talking about here is like you as soon as you walk into a space, you don't want. You, even with the common sense thing you don't want to be confronted with a mirror as right. soon as you walk into a space after that... a long tiring day right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, like uh. Uh, oh god i look
2: like that
1: <laughs> that's how i've um, looked all day
2: you know and it's funny in in old school and i'm not going to get this exactly right but um when it comes to good and bad energy in china they actually use these like i think it's a, a hexagon mirror that they put on the outside of the door above it because it's supposed to reflect bad energy away. Oh. So like supposedly spirits when they get to your door will see their own reflection and run away.
1: Interesting. So it's a but like
2: you can't see yourself in exactly. it. Exactly. You okay. can't see it. It's just, it's usually goes above your door. Um next time you walk through an apartment building especially in like Chinatown or something yeah. like you see a lot of mazuzas on doors. But also like in downtown, we lived there, there was multiple little mirrors above doors. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to reflect bad energy out. So if the first thing you see when you come in is reflection of yourself, sometimes it's, yeah. yeah. I, don't yeah. We,
1: I, I don't have any, Mariah and I have no mirrors. We have no mirrors, yeah. But, well, to the point of uh, your article where you talk about putting a mirror... That where you're sitting down, and then when you look at that mirror as you're sitting down, it's reflecting like the sky or some trees or something natural. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, and that just again it affects mood, yep. which mood could also be you know synonymous with energy. I think. Yeah.
0: Uh, the final step here, or the final tip here for uh, the entryway, is keep your entryway organized and uncluttered. If you enter into a messy and disorganized space. Uh, your mind will immediately take on that negative energy. I totally feel that. Uh, and we we have a, a coat rack when you walk into our condo, but that is it. Like I don't have. It's a small sort of entryway that that leads into a hallway and. I try to keep it as clutter-free as I possibly can. Even the coat rack, I don't want to... It's only things we use consistently. It's not just like, I'll put all of our coats right here and and, it becomes a collage of fabrics. Yeah, no, it's not a storage space. Mm. Right, Mm. exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and and so storage spaces, you know, we... we, I I saw um, people... Who was it? Gia Tolentino for The New Yorker wrote this article about us and minimalism recently. And... Um, sort of panned Kanye West and Kim Kardashian for having a a sixty million dollar minimalist house, but I'm like, okay, like uh, they actually are still living by these these similar sort of principles where the this feng shui thing or minimalism or intentionality comes to play uh even even with someone like like that who has the the resources to they could fully clutter the space but no they 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 they, spent
2: 60 million in materials uh, Mm. right
0: right right. and so i'm not you know a stan of them at all but that house was beautiful yeah it's yeah. It, it is it's stunning and, it, and i can appreciate it without, without having to consume it just so i can go to lacma and i don't have to like take the picasso painting home with me i can appreciate it you tried to do that once <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we had to stop the podcast for a few years right. after that <laughs> all right what else or we got on the road. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got here we got um oh find the perfect position the placement of things <laughs> Uh, it, it gets yeah. more euphemistic here as, <laughs> as we continue. The placement of things within your home is definitely the most important aspect of feng shui. It determines how energy will flow through the space and thus how your home will function and feel. Of particular importance is the command position, ladies. Ladies. <laughs> Or gentlemen, uh, w- <laughs> which refers to placement that allows you to be in command of the energy and anything that enters a room and here's how and where it's implement so we can just talk about this ro- really quickly but uh, I-, I like some of these I didn't even notice I was doing some sort of feng shui principles but apparently I am uh, this position works best in your bedroom <laughs> She <laughs> did this on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. When you when you read it out loud, it's a very different story, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only imagine what Jordan is putting up on the, the YouTube video uh, right now. Yeah. Um, out of context, this is great. <laughs> uh, works best in the bedroom, office, and living spaces. Uh-huh. Uh, beds, desks, and sofas. Uh, furniture... <laughs> Furniture should be facing <laughs> the door, okay. Without being directly in line with the door, there should be open space on both side on, on on both spot- sides of a piece of furniture to allow the flow of energy and all around you. Uh, you want to be supported from the back, so furniture furniture should be placed against a wall. A Wall is a solid feature. And allows protective energy to have your back. And mm-hmm. so, if you walk into my bedroom, for example, the the bed is is you know sort of against the wall, but it, and it's not directly in front of the door. But this is somewhat coincidental, although it came down to common sense. It's what right. felt best yeah. for the yeah. space, and. Um, you you don't want to put like i mean i'm sure there are ex- exceptions to all of this but you don't want to put you know as soon as you enter a house you don't want to face the back of a couch right. per se and
2: you don't want to walk right into the bed when you walk into the room right right Yeah.
0: and, and so let's talk about this really and, and i'll we'll put a link to this article so folks can read the entire thing but let's talk about when you when you walk into a space everyone's space is going to be different but it sounds to me like what you're establishing here are some principles that work really well for a home and then it's sort of adjust for taste whether that's a a color palette or or fabrics or just different aesthetic nuances of the space but but I think there are some basics that anyone can implement to make their their home, their, their home. Let's talk about that a little bit.
2: You know, when we talk about <clears throat> setting things up to where energy flows, you know, it sounds very woo, but it's just the way, it, think of yourself as the energy. You know, when you walk into a room, it's a very cumbersome. If there's things that you're constantly walking around, That's creating bad energy yeah you know it's an annoyance like mm-hmm. we um i was at a restaurant in toronto a couple days ago and right up in the front where everyone is trying to wait for their table they have this big long console table that jutted up really close to the bar and so where everyone is trying to stand to like wait for their table you've got this super long console mm. that all the servers were then also having to go around because it stuck out too far yeah. and so It created bad energy. Like, I became nervous because I was constantly in the server's way, and I've been a server, like, I know how annoying that is. And then I became annoyed for them because I'm like, God, they have to deal with this every day. Like, who put this stupid console here? And Uh, why? Yeah, and why? Like, who thought this was a good idea? So, if they had just put it, you know, two feet shorter, which would have still worked for exactly what they were using it for, Mm -hmm. the energy in that space would have been so much better because patrons wouldn't feel like they were in the way. Yeah. Servers wouldn't be annoyed at those patrons because they were in the way, mm-hmm. and then by the time that patron got to the table, the server didn't hate them mm-hmm. because they had to go around them four times to get to another table. Yeah. You know, so it's just the way things flow, it creates the right energy.
1: Yeah, it adds up, man. It's like if your door squeaks, if your if your entryway's a little cluttered, if you walk into your bedroom and you're walking right into your bed, if you're sitting down and uh, you, you your living room's a bit cluttered, I mean, all those, they might be little things on their own, but it adds up to the whole mood
0: of your house for sure. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Why, why do I wanna hurt myself every time I go to Ikea? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen these blogs you, you might want like, to see a doctor about it, that joke? no it's like couples arguing in ikea there's an entire like blog oh, yeah. about because, this
2: right when you surround yourself with chaos it creates chaos in your mind yeah. and IKEA is chaos really like is. don't get me wrong there's i love ikea mm-hmm. but like going to an ikea store my god that can cause a divorce mm-hmm. you know it, especially on a saturday my god with all those people in there um yeah it's yeah. just it's chaotic and also the flow of things, like the way they heard you through and it's you ping, 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 ping. There's not like a yeah. direct flow. Yeah. Like the flow is not conducive to good energy flow.
0: Wait, and, and so it's this annoyance thing you brought up. So, so feng shui in a way is almost like anti-annoyance. And yeah. so like if you're annoyed by something in your house, like if you have a weird table or, or sideboard or ottoman that you keep running into, it should probably be moved because... It, you're not able to even just flow through your house so the, the sort of natural way of, of walking or, or maneuvering through your house and the good news is you can you can change that relatively easily and, and thus change the, the sort of energy in your home. You
2: can always just
0: take out the word energy and put back in the word
2: me the way the energy flows, the way I flow mm. you know the way I flow through my home if you're not a big energy person right you yeah. know. I That's guess an extreme example is like if you keep stubbing
1: your toe on something, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> something's got to change. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your interior design business. So you started out in, in retail, working for places like Restoration Hardware, and, and then eventually opened up your own retail stores, and now you run your own interior design business. What what sort of made you make the leap from from being this kid growing up in Missouri to, uh, to moving- Or do you say Missouri?
2: It's funny when you said Missouri, I was like, Missouri. No, I do not say Missouri. Um, (laughs) None of my family does either, but I do know a lot of people that do. Uh It's like Cincinnati. People People actually say say Cincinnati? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although I grew up
1: close to Cincinnati.
2: It's a lot of people in Kentucky. No. Say you Cincinnati. know, there's a Miami, yeah. Oklahoma, but it's spelled exactly the same way as Miami, Florida. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. I, I think there's one in Texas too. Miami, Texas. Uh-huh. Miami. Uh, my, Miami County. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, so so y- there you were in in um, Missouri, and you moved to New York. You you got into interior design business working for companies eventually started your own and then started your own, own business let's talk about that that sort of progression
2: i kind of fell into it honestly
0: yeah
2: um you know i worked retail i went from living in missouri to moving to denver just to find anywhere to get out of missouri mm-hmm. um don't knock to missouri i actually enjoyed going back there to film now uh it's funny i spent 17 years of my life trying to get the hell out of there and then when netflix is like you're going back i'm like no Um, But Kansas City was actually amazing. Um, So I went to Denver and then at 21, I was like, I I need to be in New York. So I just moved to New York and again was working retail because that's what my background was. You know, I Mm. left high school at 15 when I left home. So I didn't have high school degree. I didn't get to go to college um and then after restoration hardware like i said bed bath me on and then i went to work for this company called portico which was a a high-end boutique furniture company and that's kind of where i learned i worked my way up from like store manager to a buyer to creative director and i kind of learned how the business worked um and they also went bankrupt so i learned how business shouldn't work mm. <laughs> um and when they went bankrupt i had built their e-commerce division and uh, the day like the company crumbled, I was like, "Crap, what am I gonna do?" So I cloned the e-commerce database I had built for them, and I registered BobbyBurkhome.com, and I launched it on BobbyBurkhome.com, and I'm like, "Maybe I'll sell a couple sofas while I look for another job." Yeah, and that was 2006, and I sold a f- few more than a couple sofas, mm. and um, the online website did really well. It was I was one of like I think two websites out there selling furniture online. Like nobody was selling furniture online yet. Mm. Um, there was no Wayfair. There was none of that. Yeah. It was me and. Um, design public and a um, velocity art and design out of seattle which is, is long gone um, so online did really well but then again back then nobody was selling furniture online so furniture brands it was very hard to get them to sell furniture to me um, if you didn't have a brick and mortar store mm. so i'm like well fine um, so i opened up a brick and mortar store in soho in new york and then that did really well and then miami and atlanta and la um, i didn't want to be in retail though, <laughs> uh-huh. like it just again. I kind of fell into it. It just kind of happened. It was just kind of kept progressing and doing well. But the whole time, I'm like, this is this is definitely not what I want to be in. Like retail does not make me tick. I was good at it, but it was again it was not creating good energy. <laughs> yeah, well, <I laughs> yeah you know. same same way. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like it's all we knew how to do was yeah. retail. So that's what we did for uh-huh. the longest time. Um, so. Uh, the more I, you know, I opened up more stores, I got into design more, I started like designing customers' homes for them, you know, but never I still had no formal training in, in interior design at all. Like I, I just knew how to pick out pretty things and put them together and how to make a space feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, around 2014, 2015, like I had decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm done with retail. The brand had gotten enough traction that I had started to be able to license some things out and the brand had some awareness. So as leases were up, I started closing stores and focusing more just on design. And uh, Builder Magazine contacted me in 2015. Fourteen saying, Hey, um, we had this PR company do all this research about who like the biggest millennial designer is. And they said you, and I was like, well, in my mind, I'm like, that's funny. Cause I'm technically not even a designer. <laughs> um, they're like, we're launching these big, um, show homes for the international builder show. And we want you to design them. Do you want to? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. And at that point, like I had closed all but one store and like I had my husband and I had decided we were moving to LA, so I'm like I had given all my staff good warning to find other jobs, and there was really like just me and like one other person left. And while designing these homes, like I didn't know how to use CAD, like nothing, like mm. all the like electrical plans and cabinet layouts and tile layouts. Like it wasn't just like picking out furniture; it was like construction documents oh, and. Wow. So YouTube and Google and Photoshop and like <laughs> I figured it out, and they never knew wow. them any better. Wow, um, I love uh, that man. But they were really successful, and they did really well. At that point, I would moved to L.A., and like I hired. I'm like, I just want one good assistant. I, that's like, as big of a company as I want anymore. Because with the retail stores, I had like 60-something employees, and it was just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but those, again, those show homes did really well. And so the builder that built them started hiring me to start mo- designing models for them and designing entire communities for them. And it really just took off from there. And now we work with mostly just builders. Um, we take on some residential clients, mm. but um, I honestly prefer to work with builders. Yeah. Why <laughs> uh, is that? Um, because it's, there's no emotion in it. Yeah. You know, I can go in and that it's a blank canvas like i go in and i everything from working with the landscape to the exterior materials to everything in the home from the flooring to the cabinets to the tile to the furniture to the wallpaper to the paint to the towels is me and my firm's vision mm-hmm. mm. and it's just a business transaction like the builder's like if it's look good i don't care this isn't my home right. you know there's no commotion, emotional connection with a residential client there's an emotional connection mm-hmm. there's that you know, freaking buffet from Aunt Gertrude that is just hideous (laughs) that they have an emotional connection to that even though I know they don't like it either, it's gotta be worked into the design. And, Mm. you know, it's, you're not just a designer, but you're a marriage counselor for them. And (laughs) it's, you know, I can do 20 homes for a builder in the time that it takes me to do one for a residential client because there's a lot of handholding. And I just that doesn't create good energy for me yeah Yeah, even Um, though it's only like
1: even though it's only like one or two people uh, that you're working with in a residential space it is still kind of like art by committee yeah. where yeah you've got to get their approval and, on and it And it's, it's
2: not a bad thing it's that's their home they're yeah. going to live there that yeah. energy needs to be great for them and i'm saying energy now just to like poke you uh. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like working can you feel that energy in the room right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. working yeah working with builders is great so uh that part of our business started exploding and then um I started working with um, more licensed partners designing products, so wallpaper, and I have an art collection that I, I painted and created that we've licensed out, um, my furniture collection with ART. And a lot of that actually started even before Queer Eye. Like the, the furniture line was after, but everything else was something that I had
0: going before Queer Eye. Yeah. What, what brought you to Queer Eye? This, this this reboot that you're in the middle of uh, your 15th season, it feels like, right? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you've been doing a lot of seasons since 2018. Yeah. And, and, and so you're doing two or three seasons a year. Um, and I was watching one last night with my wife. It was the one where you, uh, I think it was season f- four, episode one, where you uh, went to Quincy, Illinois, and, and uh, you reworked a, a, a teacher's, Break room. It wasn't called a lounge teacher's lounge. Right. And I was so impressed by it because you don't, you don't really see the work that went into it. And all of a sudden it went from this. I mean, lounge is not the word. That's what I said. I was like,
2: it's, it's a really loose word there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I don't know if you you said dungeon or something like that, but it felt like a dungeon. And, and then afterward it was like, Oh, that's a place I actually, that's a space I want to be in. It felt inviting. It felt larger. It felt, um, Man, had ener- good energy. The energy yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah, and and it's amazing what you can do. Um, and before, uh, simple isn't always better because it was simpler before. But like it was like some throwaway furniture, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, when you walk in, and the space is sad. You feel sad yeah and there was something about lighting too in, in in that space and and how how much of a role that played you went from these like terrible sort of fluorescent panel lights to you know, it, it felt inviting and yeah, warm like yeah. is a huge huge aspect of space you can make any crappy space feel fancy with the right lighting yeah or the the right lower lighting right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well we got some surprise questions from our audience today and so uh let's go ahead and dive into some of those Sydney has a question for us, Ryan. What's the best way to incorporate shelving without it looking cluttered? So shelving almost by definition is yeah, it's yeah. cluttered. Like if you,
2: that's I don't know. That's kind of a catch twenty two. Put yeah. a door
0: on it, maybe. I mean, shelving well, behind the door. Yeah, you
2: know, I'm I'm a big advocate of just putting everything behind a door. Yeah, Mm -hmm. You know, like storage space. So, yeah, like it it depends on what you're wanting this bookcase to function for. If this bookcase is to display things that you love, you know, it's to display things you love. right? You know, so just don't put a lot on it then. You know, if you don't want it to feel cluttered. But again, if all those things on that shelf are something that makes you happy, that when you see them, you smile, Mm. put them all out there. You know, if it feels cluttered, then that's not making you happy. So don't put it all out there. Yeah. You know, um, I always love... uh, Speaking of Ikea, a good old Billy bookcase, where you do the bottom half with doors and then the top half open, because then you can make the top half a little more minimal mm-hmm. and a little more just like displaying things that make me happy. And then the closed door parts is where you put all the things that you really need to store that kind of cause chaos in your mind when you look at it, but you still, you need, they're necessary things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, maybe kind of a, a half moment, half storage at the bottom with doors and half open at the top. Yeah, yeah. we've got like
1: one shelf it's like half books and then the other half is like the stuff that we have you know apple tv and stuff like that um that's all we have so i so i guess my advice is is have as uh, have as little shelves
2: as possible (laughs) the great thing about the itv or apple tv is it's bluetooth you don't actually have to have it displayed anywhere yeah mine's yeah yeah, mine's hidden too yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because of how
1: open we have a loft and how open it is it's like yeah, I guess I could get some sticky stuff and like stick it on the back of the TV, maybe. Yep. Yeah. In fact, yeah. you don't have
0: to do that. They have a, a mount that goes on the back of the, the vents on the back of a TV. <laughs>
1: well, oh, like it clips
0: on. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And so nice. you don't have to deal with it at all. Because
1: what it's in right now it is a mount that had the sticky stuff on it. But because we moved, I had to take it off. And then the sticky stuff just is, doesn't run work the porch anymore. but
2: through the, what is that mount thing called? The TV mount. Yeah. Yeah. And that way it just kind of sticks in there. Just yeah. Like hangs. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So have as little shelves as possible. That's the way <laughs> you have shelves without it being cluttered. Yeah. A
2: lot of times, if you've got the shelves, you'll
1: fill the shelves. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so don't. Yeah. <laughs> Chastity wants to know: Is it possible to have kids? No. And-
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Next question is from Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible to have kids and still be a minimalist
0: in a smaller home? Depends on what you mean by smaller home, right? Because sm- small is perspectival. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, my small 3,500-square-foot home.
0: Right. <laughs> I, I heard uh, it was a Deion Sanders built like a 7,000-square-foot a tiny home oh my God. <laughs> in his backyard of his mansion, right? And so- uh, I think it was in Atlanta. And uh, yeah, I mean, so tiny, a, a 7,000 square foot tiny home, right? Funny think about is, that. When you said Deion Sanders, uh-huh.
2: I was like, Deion Sanders. And all of a sudden I had Dion Warwick and Colonel Sanders in my mind. And I was like, <laughs> Deion Sanders. And then I was like, oh, sports. <laughs> I wonder what their house would look like.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-
0: so, so, uh, yeah. I mean, a, a smaller home. I don't want too small of a home, but I mean, we live in a condo, uh, and I, I don't know how many square feet it is. It's pro- it's it's relatively small. The balcony is big, but um, man, it's probably a thousand square feet, and there's three of us there. It's not too small. Two and a half. What? yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. It feels like three and a half with Ella. (laughs) She is a hurricane.
2: Peloton's stuck in her room. I know, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) If it wasn't for you, Ella, that could be our Peloton room.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're so greedy. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, and so... I mean, I think it, it kind of depends. Is it so? First off, is it possible to be a minimalist with kids? Yes, Certainly, sure.
2: functional storage. Yeah. Yes,
0: and it's possible to be a minimalist with kids if you train them right. Train them to yes. put their stuff
2: away. Right. You know, there's been multiple episodes of Queer Eye where we walk in and they have kids and the stuff is just everywhere. And you, when you walk in, you're not like, oh, you know, Bobby and Dewey lives here. You're like, oh, kids, 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 kids. Mm. This is a kids' home. Yeah. You know what? And in these homes, I always like with the storage. It was kind of the the whole like half open, half closed thing. The lower half, three feet below, is for the kids because that's kind of their space anyways. They're they're tiny people, yeah. you know. And three feet, three four feet and above, that's where your stuff is. Yeah. So make the bookcases close on the bottom, and they're responsible for putting their stuff away. Yeah. And I think it was. Um, it was my creative director, Brady, who was telling us the other day that when he grew up, when he didn't put his stuff away, his dad would take it away and then his siblings and him would have to buy it back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, so if they're like, idea. put your stuff away, put your stuff away. And if they didn't, his dad would take it and he'd be right. like, you know, where's my favorite shirt? And he's yeah. like got to buy it back.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And that. so they would have to that do chores
2: to make money to buy it back. And then the next mm. time they'd be like, Oh, well, I'm going to put this away. Cause I don't want to have to buy it back.
1: Yeah. That so. is such a good idea. Well, what, what I'm hearing you say is like, you got to help your kids create boundaries. And when you have a small house, like you have a certain uh, set of boundaries that you have to adapt to. Man. So yeah, if you can help your kids understand those boundaries and do things like having them buy their stuff back. Um, it, I've heard of families doing like really egregious things like, Oh, you're gonna leave your toys out. They're getting donated, mm-hmm. and that—I mean, I don't recommend doing that. Uh, but, or but,
0: yeah. do it or do it. Or. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not the worst thing. What's the stat that the average kid has almost 300 toys, but plays with only 12 daily? Mm. And so sometimes, like, the the problem is that you have too many. Yeah. of those toys, yeah. right? And so, the, you're just gonna leave them out because you don't care, you got more here, and, and maybe if you start to address it, then then you'll be in a different space. Now, when, I, when I'm thinking about Ella's stuff, it, she, she tends to put it away because, like me, she has OCD. So, <laughs> um, Splashing it works out the, well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she just tries to throw a toy away when she's done playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but uh, when when it is time for her to donate it, we also, so it, two things that I'll say for Chastity real quick is is help your kids understand that where are the toys going? It's not just going to some amorphous building that, uh, that reappropriates toys. Uh, Because as kids, we often think that the universe materializes as soon as we enter a room and it dematerializes as soon as we leave the room. Which that actually hasn't been proven that that's not (laughs) (laughs) what happens. Yeah. (laughs) In this version of the simulation. Exactly. And and, and so she, when she, she um, puts things away um, and, but when she is done with the toy, like she stops playing with it, she's donated it. She knows it's going to other kids. So that they, she's no longer playing with it. It's no longer adding value to her life. It can add value to some other kid's life. And I make her sort of articulate that in the best way that she can. Now, um, the other thing that I was going to tell... like,
2: Daddy, you don't
0: use your Peloton. How about we let another kid enjoy it? <laughs> hey, hey, I'm on a 20-week streak. Thank you very much. 20 weeks in a row. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, do you want to share your Peloton username with our Patreon audience and they can you join follow you? Follow
0: me on Peloton. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> um, I guarantee it's Jay Milburn. Anyway, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Jay well, Milburn well, OC.
0: Oh, right. Uh, 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 one other thing about a smaller home, it's actually there's a benefit of having a smaller space is it doesn't afford you the extra time to to have additional clutter because you're forced to confront that uh, those extra items, the sort of superfluous material possessions in your space much earlier than if you were to have a 7,000 square foot tiny home.
2: Even like closets, like,
0: especially, you know, I was talking about how homes have kind of gotten smaller.
2: Like we were putting these massive closets mm-hmm. and now people more our age are like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't need a big closet. Like I'm, I'm not like my mom still has dresses that she's had since I was little. She doesn't wear them anymore, but no. she still just has them because she had the space for it. Mm. Um, so like with me, I, I have a decent sized closet, but it's not big enough to, especially like with all the wardrobe that we get on when we're filming the show, like I can't just keep it. So every season when we wrap, I come home and I completely clean out my closet and either donate the stuff from that season that I didn't love or stuff from before. And like, I usually just end up with a rack of black t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so just, getting rid of it yeah yeah you know teaching your kids that they don't need tons of toys you know and and teaching them to be able to let go and that it, it actually makes them feel better to let go of it and let another kid get some happiness out of it
1: yeah i mean what a great lesson just for kids you know going into adulthood i mean it's yeah i mean i know adults who got everything they wanted when they wanted it and uh They're not very pleasant adults to be around.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they do lots of cocaine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the only reason why I hang around them. (laughs)
0: Rachel has a question for us
3: hey,
1: <laughs> What are Oh speaking of timeless styles What are some timeless styles And elements we can incorporate Into our spaces So we aren't just chasing trends This is a great question Because the black no, t-shirt no. I feel like is a timeless uh, uh, style As far as what we wear But this is a great question For furniture in, in our living
2: spaces What what
1: would Mutual you consider colors, timeless Yeah,
2: Especially your furniture you know, your furniture is, uh, you know, your sofa, things like that. It's You're spending the most money on that. Mm-hmm. So do neutral, you know, don't do, uh, even though I do have a colored sofa in my collection, but it's it's green, so it's more nature green. Yeah. Um, but buy things that, large pieces that are neutral, so they will stand the test of time. So later on, if you are into trends and colors, you can just change the throw pillow, you can change a rug, and your furniture is stands the test of time.
1: So uh, shag carpet wallpaper, Probably.
3: Was <laughs> oh, it, it, it was. Oh my god. Yeah,
2: I remember when we were little, we were looking for a new house, and we went to see one, and they had carpet on the wall. That that like short yeah, brown really? shag from the eighties. I think we all had it in our home. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not
0: on the wall. But it was
2: on the walls, and they were smokers too. Oh. So I remember. I, I, I mean, I had maybe was five, and I vividly remember this and we walked in and my mom walked in and walked was goes nope and walked right back out <laughs> nope see yeah, like it was up the same carpet up the stairs up the wall and the entryway
1: Ugh. you ever been to uh you ever been to davy wayne's over uh-uh. it's just like it, it it what you just described is how that place feels and except what you know sands of smoking because you can't smoke indoors but it's actually kind of like it's cool i've only been there a couple times because i live right next to it and like it, it's it's interesting like going in there and having that nostalgic feeling Um, but yeah I certainly would never want to like live in that
0: yeah yeah anyway yeah, it's, it's a nice place to visit, but wouldn't want to live there.
1: Exactly. I can appreciate it for what it is, but man, that would not be my aesthetic. Let me
0: let me ask you about, so whether it's someone like Rachel who's trying to incorporate these sort of timeless styles versus trends, does it differ when you talk to someone about maybe they're mov- they live in an apartment they don't own versus living in a home that they own? How does that change the dynamic of interior design? I mean, when, that changes the dynamic just because things can't be really permanent.
2: Um, you know, when it's a rental, it's not yours. Right. Um, so like remove if you're really wanting wallpaper, if you're wanting to wanting to inject your own personality into it, use removable wallpaper. Um, you can find great removable wallpaper at Bobby Burke dot com. I really like wallpaper. man. Uh,
1: my dad has a painting and wallpaper business. And so I can't paint worth crap but I could hang like anything, man, like kitchen with the soffits and the wrapping. And yeah, man, it's uh, I, I really enjoyed, it's like therapeutic hanging wallpaper. The great
2: thing about self-adhesive removable wallpaper is you can actually do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if if you get regular old school wallpaper, you usually would need to hire somebody cause it's, it's yeah. a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, and you need the glue and this and that, but with the removable, it literally just peels off. And if you do a crooked, you peel it back off and you straighten it and oh, it's, awesome. yeah, it's something that you can do yourself. Yeah. I'm totally used to like the,
1: yeah pasting or sometimes it's pre-pasted and you put water on there but yep. i didn't i didn't know that it's yep. like man we're living in the future and, yeah this like is you, awesome
2: you move you just peel it off
1: peel it off, yeah that's cool yep. cynthia has a question for us how do you deal with housewarming gifts people give you but you don't want you know so when i first started you know when we first started calling ourselves the minimalists i didn't tell anyone that like what we were doing uh my mom calls me up one day and she must've been like Googling my name. And she was like, what's this minimalist crap? And like was g- giving me a really hard time about minimalism. And it took her two or three years before she finally like a was like, Oh, Ryan's for real. Like he really is simplifying his life and accepting that. Okay. Ryan is, you know, he, he's trying to live a, you know, a life that was a lot more simple from my, my days of, you know, uh, of corporate retail craziness. And, the first time I noticed that she was actually supportive is she came to my house in Montana and uh, I flew her out. We picked her up from the airport. We get back to our apartment. And the first thing she does is she opens up her suitcase and she's got like some candles and like this owl vase. and, And I'm like, Oh man, like my mom is, of course, she's gonna like give me home decorations because this is what she always does. Like she always wants to buy me home decorations, and she was like, "Hey, look, Ryan, I just want to let you know. Like I'm really proud of what you and Mariah have done, and I just want you to have something in your house that reminds you of me. And I got you these decorations." But then she said, "But I understand that if does if this doesn't fit with what uh, with what your your decor style is in your house." So if you want to get rid of these, just make sure you find them a good home. So she like totally gave me permission to let these go, and I did let go of most
2: of it. Was that permission or was that guilt? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you was know, that was that her falling on her own sword, but also don't you dare? <laughs> I don't, you know, I didn't take it
1: that way, oh. but like I actually did find uh, most of that stuff a good home. I do have this owl vase that I. It's nice. It's it's a very neutral color. Like it's not like a chintzy owl like it's it's a very like you know kind of an artsy owl and mariah and i use it in our in our house or in our home and i guess this is my long way of saying if you set the right expectation with your friends and family you know about how you are living a life of simplicity um it's they kind of have to know that if they give you something you're not going to use that you're not just
2: going to like nail it to the wall because they gave you something to nail the wall my i think it it, don't don't give people home decor gifts Mm. period right that is a rule one
0: should live by (laughs) yeah
2: because home, again,
0: home decor is so personal. Even if you're Bobby and you know, Burke, don't give them home decor gifts. Yeah,
2: mm. I, I don't. Like maybe, you know, everyone can always use a candle. You know, yeah, a candle sure. is a good housewarming gift. You know, people use candles. Fresh flowers, that's a good. Yeah, <laughs> but but home decor is so personal. Unless you're like their best friend that knows them so, so well, mm. just don't do it because yeah. you're going to give them this thing. and probably nine and a half times out of 10, they're really not going to like it, but they're going to feel obligated. And there are pieces in our home that people have given us that are in a cabinet, but when they come over, like I always pull it out um. because I, I feel like I should, but I hate Eat
3: it. Mm. You know, so just don't mm. do that
2: to your friends. Yeah. Don't give them home decor. It's just, you know, if you really want, if they're moving into a new home and you want to help them out to get them something, get them a gift card. Like if you know, they like have a favorite home store, get them a gift card, Yeah, you know? So they know that you thought about them. But you know, you actually really thought about them. Yeah. You didn't just go in and find the, you know, cheapest, quickest thing you could, which is normally what happens, yeah. and then force it upon them. Yeah. yeah. Here, I
0: got you this
1: bed from Ikea. Oh Good luck. Goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many divorces are caused by- By a mom. By <laughs> <laughs> like having to put Ikea furniture together.
0: If you search like the public databases for like divorces and search the word mom, it's gotta be in there just <laughs> hundreds of times. Dude.
1: Uh, That's N-A-L-M So, Josh, when he had his million square foot home that he built himself, it was really impressive back
0: in the day. I mean, you you know, my limited invoice. What's that? You guys limited? No, we worked in telecom. I managed 150 corporate stores. stores. Uh,
1: Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, we did a bunch of cell phone stuff. But uh, Josh went and bought a bunch of IKEA furniture for his house, and brought it all home in the boxes, and we started putting it together. And it took us like how many hours to put together? You know, a cyborg. (laughs) <laughs> I mean a cyborg. I was
2: like a cyborg? <laughs> Star
1: Trek fan. So we put this together and I'm like, dude, this is like too much work. Like you've got to be able to find someone to, you know, put this together for you. So Ikea actually does have handyman recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> so His ready. ex-wife, well, his wife at the time, found a handyman to come to come over and start putting together Ikea furniture. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: after like six hours... He just left, <laughs> and like, and like when there was a bed halfway put together, and he was just like, "I don't blame he's him. He's like, "He's like, I'm out.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing any more of this."
2: On Queer Eye, we, you know, we have a limited budget, so we end up. There's a lot of moms on Queer Eye. Yeah. You probably just don't notice them. Um, but yeah, there's we've had some some PAs and some interns that just like, I'm done. <laughs> like
1: I
3: can't do it. Can't do this anymore.
1: I'm one cyborg away from.
3: <laughs> I
1: just like saying cyborg. Uh, oh, Josply has a question for us. How does one decorate their home with things that are useful instead
0: of just empty pots, vases, and decorations that take up space? So I often say, Bobby, as a minimalist, everything that I own serves a purpose or it brings me yeah. joy. We hear this, this, uh, this Marie Kondo phrase of sparking joy. There's actually a language, a, transla- a translation error there. Um, so, when we talk about sparking joy, it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean simply brings you pleasure, right? Uh, because pleasure for the sake of pleasure, pursuing pleasure for the sake of pleasure is actually going to uh, lead shui. to suffering.
1: Right, Functionally, finding the yeah, pleasure and finding the right, yeah, finding <laughs> the right position,
0: position. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Um, and so, so... Um, we talk about joy, I think joy can mean you know, contentment or it can mean, you know, it's more like a long-term happiness or or when I think of the word joy, I also think of how what I do makes other people feel, whether it's sharing a meal with someone or whatever. Joy isn't just like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this in the moment. Like eating a piece of chocolate cake might give me pleasure, but it's not going to give me long-term lasting joy. It's actually going to give me the opposite. And and so I think the same can be true with with uh, the things we bring into our home just because you like the thing it looks good on the shelf doesn't mean it's going to look great in your home right i mean the question was how do you fill your home with things that are useful instead of just yeah instead i mean instead instead of just
2: aesthetic things that are are useful you know i i love you know finding you know gadgets or things that that actually serve a purpose like if there's something on my kitchen counter very few it serves a purpose like that beautiful black Marble canister that you know is very void of much of anything except its beautiful blackness mm-hmm. um, serves a purpose. You know, yeah. it's a canister for you know our coffee and our, our oatmeal. So uh, finding things that are beautiful and aesthetically look good, but also then do serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's just a vase on a shelf, does it need to be there? Does it serve a purpose? If it doesn't, don't have it there. You know, yeah. Yeah. finding things that are beautiful that are functional as well that can do double time of decor and a functional piece. Yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, like I walk
1: in the Josh's house and he is. It's very organized and it does look very minimalist. The furniture, the the decor, the bookshelves. It's it's very very much everything has its place. If I went home and tried to do that to my place, it would drive me crazy because I'm not I'm not OCD. I'm tidy and I'm I'm very clean, but I don't not everything has to have like the you know smooth edges and all this to say. I think maybe what this person is running up against is they are buying things according to what they see other people doing. And so when it comes to finding items that serve a function and look good, it's going to be – uh, perspectival. So you, you've got to, you've got to consider what your needs are and then, yeah, be on the lookout for stuff that serves, you know, a double function. It looks good and it, and actually does something.
0: Now, Bobby, in in your home, I assume, you know, because it's you and your husband, you're living there. There are some compromises that have to take place, (laughs) right? And you mentioned the, the, there are sort of, you know, there's also compromise with the housewarming gifts and, and other things. Um, and and for me, I know that's the case in my home. Like if if Beck's and Ella weren't there, it would even it'd be far more. It'd be violently minimal. Um, but but that's just. I mean, if you watch our first film, uh, Minimalism, when when I was living on my own, like the, I own next to nothing. It was it was very aggressively simple. It was very much utilitarian in a way. And I'd probably own more than that now but it would still be much simpler. And so can you talk about maybe some of the compromises we have to make because there are other people in the household.
2: I'm very lucky that my husband is pretty minimalist as well. Um, I think he would even be more minimalist than we are now. But like, since I'm a designer and my house has to look a certain way and like there's a certain pressure Mm. to not just kind of have an empty home, Mm -hmm. which I would probably more prefer. Hmm. We have a few more things. what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. compromises. Right, compromises. And I, I would um, actually say
0: the same thing about my, my wife is also very minimalist, but it's just like I'm I'm farther on the spectrum in terms yeah. of of simplicity.
2: Yeah. So um,
0: you know, where there's there still are when I like
2: he's more of I'm more of a minimalist with aesthetics. Like I don't like seeing a lot of things. Where he's more of a minimalist where it's dysfunctional. Like it doesn't, I don't need to see pretty things. Just if that, that blender is functional. So I want that on the counter,
3: mm. you
2: know, where mm. I'm like that blender is functional, but it needs to be in the drawer. And that just beautiful single canister needs to be on the counter. And <laughs> that's it. This has come you up know. a couple yeah. times, the blender. And I, I did a, like an
1: Instagram story the other day. I was, uh, we had a, a, a Dr. Paul Saladino. He's a carnivore guy. And he talked to me into doing these like raw liver shooters, which is a completely different conversation. But there was a, there's a there's a Vitamix on our counter, and I cannot tell you how many people gave me shit. They're like, "Look at that clutter on your counter!" Because it was like a Vitamix, and then like the coffee grinder. <laughs> anyway, so I, I mean, yeah. Apparently, I need to like stick that in a sh- in a drawer somewhere.
2: That's what I do. <laughs> I've, I've given I it hide mine. Yeah. It just keeps taking it back out. So finally, <laughs> I've just I've stopped. And also, sadly, I'm like never home anyway. So, okay, so, so that's a the compromise. compromise. Yeah, there's yeah. a compromise. Is that you know what? I'm rarely home, so there's things around the house that drive me insane saying that they're out. Mm. But I'm just like, "Hmm, I'm not home. Yeah, This functions for him, you know? And also like, he loves stacks of mail. Oh, wow,
0: wow.
2: And he used to always say when we lived in a condo and he's like, well, you know, if I had an office, if I had my space to put it, you know, there wouldn't be because there'll be a little stack of mail on the dining table. And then there's a stack of mail on the counter. And then there's a (laughs) stack of mail on the coffee table. And I'm like, all these Stacks, a stack, stack here, and a stack, stack there, here, a stack, there, a stack, everywhere, a stack, stack. Um, and that's like his one like weird, not minimalist thing of his that he just he can't get rid of mail. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so I'll collect all those stacks and I'll go put it in the office that he now has at home. Uh-huh. And he still is just stacks. stacks I, I but my compromise s- is that I don't throw it all away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, I remember years ago, I, I had a loft. You're gonna loft have to in, buy it back. Uh, I had a, a loft in <laughs> that's Brooklyn. Good. And a friend came over I just met her and she walked in and she goes, where's all your shit? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, where's your shit? She's like, "Like, do you live here? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, there's like a book on the coffee table, you know, and you know, that yeah. there's a pan, you know, I'm like, what? she's like, you know, like, where's your mail? And I'm like, there's a drawer. Like if there's something I need to keep, like there's a drawer yes. for it, you know, and, mm. ah, it has to have its space. Mm. Yes. And my husband's like, oh, well, if I don't, if it's not out there, I don't think about it. I'm like, well, I'm like, I bought you this beautiful credenza in the office with all these little mail slots. I'm like, you know, use them, right? <laughs> right. And then <laughs> I, I slide take... the door closed. <laughs> <laughs> He used to always, like, I grew up, my mom was very much that type of person. Like, if anyone was coming over, which was a rare thing, it's like, clean up the house, put everything away. Like, where he grew up in a very functional home, Mm. like, he grew up very Vietnamese, like, you know, not like dirty by any means, but just like the kitchen. The kitchen is where you cook. The kitchen is where you eat. The counters are packed with food Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. there's a huge fanny that lives here and they cook three meals a day. And why would you put it in all these cabinets where you just, it's just, this is where you use it. And, you know, in the dining room, there's bookcases filled with food because you use it. And I'm like, oh, and so it took (laughs) years to kind of get him out of that thought process of if I use it, why would I not have it out? I use it. I'm like, no, you use it and you put it away. away.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah. We've got a question here from Lou.
2: What the hell
1: should I do with all this stationery and paperwork in my small apartment? I'm a primary teacher, and I have a lot of it. So, small apartment. A credenza. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need to find a place for it, right? Yeah. yeah. The right storage.
2: You know, not to go back to Ikea again, but get some Billy bookcases. Yeah. You know, they're super cheap. You can get the one with the doors, and then you get the the mail organizer things, and you have slots, and you get a label maker, and you label the things, you know, mm-hmm. and if you don't need it get rid of it like a lot of times we think we need something and we really think about the fact that wait a minute am i ever going to look at this again like this piece of mail that's so important Mm -hmm. i'm like okay you
0: say that out loud you realize how absurd it is. yeah like oh
2: this is an important form i'm going to need it you can go online and get it yeah like Oh, this phone bill! I'm like, no, you, you can go online. You you don't need this. Go paperless, uh-huh. you know. And the mm-hmm. f- more things that you go paperless, the more you realize, oh wait, no, I don't need any of this stuff. Yeah, you know, like so, uh, yeah, even like the deed to my house, I can find it
0: online. Uh-huh. Throw it away. Yeah, maybe not that far. But, <laughs> you, know. you, can but still, you can scan it though and get rid yeah, of it. Take yeah, take a picture of it and put it on a drive. Yeah. You know,
2: you don't
1: you don't need as much as you think you do. eliminate as much coming in as possible. So what is it? Day fourteen. Well, on what? On uh, the packing party. Yeah, yeah. So so day 15. <clears throat> day 15. So yeah, I mean, there's a, a website you can go to and you can uh, not sign up. Or I'm sorry, you can you, <laughs> you could sign up to not have junk mail sent to your house. And you've got to do it about once every five years because it starts to creep back in slowly. But that totally works. Like that saved me probably, I want to say 75% of my mail was junk mail. And having to go through it. And that's why those stacks happen because I'm also a stacker. And I would get that, all the mail, and I'd be like, oh, I'll go through that later. Right. And then, like, you know, five days later, I've just got five stacks sitting around. Then you
2: finally do, and you narrow it down a little bit. And then you're like, all right, I've opened this and I need to deal with it, but I'm not going to right now. So then I'm just going to put it back here in a a different stack. And that's why it has different stacks. Like, oh, this is not opened. This is, I've opened it but I haven't dealt with it. And then he's always like, well, one of those stacks is yours. I go, you know, you can throw it away. Like, <laughs> I don't want it. If it is important, it has been emailed to me. Right, uh, like, and that's
1: and that's the second thing is sign up for as much uh, e-bills as you can. Like yeah. you can, to- I mean, we're
2: living in the future. You don't have to have all that paperwork. Yeah. It's, it's, mail is like voicemail. Right. Yeah. If you're somebody that has to leave me a voicemail, if you haven't been able to email me or text me that, you probably what you have to say is not important to me. Uh, yeah. So if you had to mail me something, that's probably not important to me. You know who leaves me voicemails? Telemarketers and my grandmother. That's about it. <laughs> my voicemail says, do not leave a voicemail. I will never hear it.
0: <laughs> like it's. Yeah. I believe it, the post office is the same. I, the post office is in business to deliver junk mail to people. Like yeah. That seems to be 90% of their yeah. volume is nonsense. And then the other 10% is nonsense Christmas cards. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with all those nonsense
1: Christmas cards? Oh, if you're watching the video, so, uh, you can you <laughs> see Kristen, the look on if his you're face. This, I'm sorry, but I have she's a probably not one Missouri of our patrons. Who uh,
2: she's not a Melissa. <laughs> so probably not. Um, she kept texting me before the holidays. What's your your new address? And I knew what it was for. Uh-huh. I knew it was for a holiday card. So I kept not responding mm. because I didn't want it. I didn't want to say, I don't want your Christmas card. Uh-huh. It's just environmentally a horrible impact. It's such a waste. Like I open it, I look at it and I'm like, cute. And I throw it away. I'm like, it's such a waste. And so I kept avoiding it. And then I get a text from my aunt. She's like, Kristen just texted me asking for your address. And I gave it to her. And I was like, no. Why? Like, <laughs> and then of course, here comes this cute little Christmas card of her and her husband in the sun. It's like, mm. it was good, adorable. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not saving this. Yeah. And I shredded it. And-
3: <sighs> Yeah, way. and so mm.
2: Christmas cards oh they're so, so old school yeah like, totally it's agree it's just such a waste of trees and time and money and even when I see and then when they have glitter <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst thing you open it do. and then oh <laughs> Christmas cards with glitter. Why would you do this to me? Yeah. I'm like I open it and I'm instantly like fuck you and I to throw it in the trash. Yeah. So if you send me a Christmas card with glitter, yeah. A, you're gonna piss me off and B, I'm not even gonna read it. Yeah, he, he, you will, make,
1: uh, he, he will make you an enemy. <laughs> well, it's funny cause like I will see, uh, I don't know, a fa- friend or family member's house and they have this collage of Christmas cards and it's almost this weird flex. <laughs>
2: like <laughs> oh, yeah no when i was little you'd always put the christmas cards out like everyone that sent it to you you'd put them on the mantle and you'd yeah. hang them up and they're like i got more christmas cards than you yeah uh, yeah you know but that was also back when we were little i get it you know you'd send a christmas card you'd tell people how your year goes you'd tell them about you know great things that happened with your kids or are bad things that happened you'd send them a family photo mm. because that's how you kept in contact i see your kid on instagram Every freaking day. <laughs> I know what point. happens in your life every day. I know all the vacations you took. I know the bad things that happened. I know the drama. Like, I don't need you to send me a Christmas card of you and your family that I, I, I saw on Instagram today. Right. I don't and, need uh, a recap. Yeah, it's a digital world now. We've got to start thinking about our planet. We've got to start thinking, oh, well, you know, mm. it's just a Christmas card. But you know what? 360 million other people in America just said, oh, it's just a Christmas card. Mm-hmm. And we just took out an entire ecosystem to send Christmas cards. Yeah, You know, for that same picture that you just posted on Instagram. Yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: so true. That more people saw. Yeah, <laughs> right. I want to wrap things up by asking you a question about the space we're in right now. So um, since yeah, you, you are the interior designer guy, apparently the most popular in in America, according to, was it Builders? Uh, well, I, <laughs> no, I, was, I was the designer that was most geared towards
2: millennials, that most understood millennial design, because the show mm. homes that they were doing um, were show homes that for the first time, the builder community was focusing on what millennials wanted because before it was, they were focusing homes on what the baby boomers wanted, but oh. our parents wanted oh, yeah. and builders
0: couldn't wrap their head around what millennials wanted. Yeah. Mm. Well, Bobby, I really appreciate your aesthetic and, yes, and I you. appreciate, I mean, uh, we, we did a lot of, of research and going into to what you do and I would really encourage people to check out bobbyburke.com, check out everything that, that you're doing. Um, I appreciate your approach because I think it's relatively minimalist, but it's not—it's not void of personality or function, uh, and and it allows people the sort of own, their own individuality. And I think you do a, such a phenomenal job of that. Yeah. Um, and I certainly think you're one of the best out there. Yeah. And so I would ask you to comment on this space. What, what what would you do differently if this was your podcast studio? Nothing. I mean, it, <laughs> it's functional. It's functional. It's it's. You don't walk
2: in and feel overwhelmed or underwhelmed. Yeah, you know it's it's you know void of
0: color, really. <laughs> I think Josh is you're right you're up. You're just alley.
2: searching for a compliment, aren't you?
1: Man? No, no, I,
0: I'm, <laughs> re- I'm really wondering. Like w- with with me, like I mean, clearly the, the the space is is functional, but also like we did want it to be you know, have some aesthetic. Uh, beauty as well I mean yeah, we have these Herman Miller chairs and the desk and the nice microphones or whatever but like um, there's nothing superfluous it
2: goes back to uh, was it Lou who asked about how do you have things that are not just um, pretty yeah but are functional yeah everything in here looks good the acoustic panels they look good they're functional yeah the chairs look good they're functional yeah. the mics look good and functional mm.
0: so yeah cool i like it i dig it well thanks man bobby i want to acknowledge you for doing something meaningful for the yes. world I, I think aesthetics are really really important and we don't give uh, we don't really give them enough attention uh, especially in the whole minimalist community it, it's either all aesthetics or no aesthetics and and I like to find that happy balance because you have to have a great foundation you have to have a good structure but then the surface level things are important the bees are attracted to the most beautiful flowers and so the flowers uh, have an aesthetic beauty because it actually serves a function as well without that aesthetic beauty it's not attracting the bees and then and then they're not going to get pollinized and and, and 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 so we have have to do the same in, in our world where we want to have the solid foundation but we also want to live in a world that is going to to bring us joy and serve a purpose and i think you're helping communicate that and i want to acknowledge you for that and say Amen. thank you thanks for being here of this so. is great all right y'all love people use things we'll see you next time see you thanks for your support
3: minimalists. <laughs>